official voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports show anywhere. It's a new era for sports talk in Saskatchewan. Welcome to the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. The show is brought to you by Spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM and you could be... In the running for a lot of great promos over there at spreads.ca. Thinking about laying a bet myself, and I just haven't decided who I'm taking, San Francisco or Seattle in the NFL. Um, our text line's powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac at the corner of Rochdale and Pasco, number one GM dealership in the province, 936-6262, the number to text. We always love your interaction. If you want to get a hold of us, do so there. You can always call that number locally or one 767 including road updates. Apparently, it's greasy on the ring road, so uh, slow it down. We want you to get to wherever you got to get to. No accidents. No tragedies, no mishaps during the holiday season, please. And all our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline, dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Lots to get to on this show, including Andy McNamara, betting expert. Got Thursday Night Football tonight with the uh, San Francisco 49ers and the illustrious Brock Purdy taking on Geno Smith in a big NFC West matchup. If San Francisco wins, they clinch a playoff spot. And I think the division, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, who who knew, Zinger, that on what the hell's the date today? December 15th. the 15th of December, the quarterbacks starting in the NFC West would be Brock Purdy of your San Francisco 49ers. Geno Smith of your Seattle Seahawks. Baker Mayfield of your Los Angeles Rams. By the way, the third team he's been on this year. And let's not forget about pew, pew, pew. Colt McCoy of the Arizona Cardinals. Can't believe he still plays Colt McCoy. Can, are you telling me that Nathan Rourke can't find a job? He will find a job. The Lions are uh, expecting to hear sooner rather than later. Speaking of the Lions, we'll talk to uh, former U.S. Husky Saskatchewan kid, third overall pick in the draft. That would be Nathan Cherry. He joins us. Was he third? Or second? Second, second I think. Second, I think. We, remember we had him on, right? Yeah, when he, yeah that was second, sweet. second pick. That's right. Yeah. Nathan Cherry of the British Columbia Lions, former U.S. Husky. We'll have him on. We'll have Glenn Suter on, Arash Madani on, Bob Stauffer on, Aaron Anderson talking high school athletics. Lots going on. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, A.A. Ron, says using psychedelic drugs helped him with his fear of death. It helped him see the veil between the seen world and the unseen world. So there you go. Oh man! Are you ready for them to trade him? I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on. Aren't you tired of that I'm, guy? I am a bit tired. I'm kind of tired of off-field stuff. Kind of tired of him too. Okay, so uh, we're talking hockey here, Zinger. Load up that clip. Here's the clip from last night's game win. By the way, the Minnesota Wild were wearing those sweet, sweet jerseys, which were symbolic of the Minnesota North Stars. And here's Big Ryan Reeves. Minnesota team last year set franchise records for wins. Oh, look out. Big hit by Reeves. Yeah. Hit Phillip. Ronick remains Ronick. down. 
Philip Heronik, the defenseman for the Red Wings, is coming up, and Reeves is at the blue line, the son of Willard Reeves, the former Winnipeg Blue Bomber great running back, brother of Jordan Reeves, the former Rough Rider, and he comes in like a freight train, but I thought it was a clean hit singer. Keep puts your his, head up, man. Puts his shoulder into his... Uh, into his like uh, upper chest area. Didn't hit him on the chin. Didn't hit him on the head. But of course, once he hits a guy, everybody's got to fight now because you're not allowed to hit in the no hit league. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> no hit league, NHL. Yeah, get yeah. it? Get yeah, it? So get anyway, it. Uh, Ryan Reeves with the hits. That's the talk. Did you see the hit? If you did, weigh in 936 6262. Dirty hit? Should he be suspended? Should he get some sort of fine handed out to him? I thought it was a nice, clean hit. And Dirty once, or not, it was still kind of disturbing to, to, to oh, see him cr- curl, he curl up him. like that. Yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with wind. Like, he lit that guy up. Uh, 12 games in the NHL tonight, including God. Washington home to Dallas. Ovi is one back of Howe for second all-time in the goal-scoring list. Does he tie Howe tonight? He's going to break it. Break it tonight? <laughs> Two goals. Imagine if you bet on that on spreads.ca. Hell, to check that out. Oilers home to the Blues coming off a win over Nashville. Speaking of those Predators, they're at Winnipeg Jets coming off a home loss to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and the lowly Anaheim Ducks are at Montreal. I've kind of watched a couple of Ducks games since we went there. (laughs) How the hell did they beat Carolina in overtime? That that was an awesome game though. But the next game was what I was kind of bargaining to see because Anaheim and San Jose wasn't even as good as an elite junior hockey game. It was sloppiness. It was just bad, pure man. slop on a plate. Okay, so I've been uh, getting into this a little bit now. Um, watching some of the talk on Twitter. So I had said this yesterday, or whenever the schedule came out, Tuesday, I guess. How do the Toronto Argonauts, who won the Grey Cup, how are they, A, at the very least, not playing in week one anywhere, Secondly, how are they not opening up the season? Like the NFL does this. Mm-hmm. And Dave Naylor and a few others are going, well, you know, it could be MLSE's problem with the stadium and it could be the CFL's problem. You mean to tell me the first weekend of the season, minimally, we could not have Toronto play somewhere? The Grey Cup champs? But having said that, how in the bloody hell are the Argos ever going to get rectified when MLSE can't or doesn't seem to really put a effort into shoring that up? You know, that's something that I thought the CFL was doing because Winnipeg, I think, was opening the year a few years ago, like after. Yeah, but they never stick with it. Yeah, it's like they they did it and then they tossed it aside. Like that's something that. I thought they adopted from the NFL. Kind of like CFL week, yeah. where they had a great CFL week. I like, think it was actually like the Bombers and Cats, I believe. Like that the was NFL the has had the Combine in Indianapolis for years, as long as I can remember. Yeah. And RCA they have, Dome and then the Lucas Oil. Yeah, and they have, they, have, they have the meetings there, they have the Combine and everything. So we slapped together at the last minute a CFL week in Regina without any promotion and combine it with the Combine, right? And it... Goes off remarkably well. They had Warren Moon come in here. Rod Smith was in here. They had all the guys. Bo Levi Mitchell, when he was a Stampeder, I remember interviewing him. He just had had his, uh, I believe it was, it was either his first or second daughter then, and uh, or his wife did obviously. And he, we were talking to him, and I'm like, that is that was great. Mm-hmm. Then it goes to Winnipeg. Listen, 
I bring it up a great cup week, and the commissioner politely sloughs me off like I'm some hillbilly that doesn't know what I'm talking about. You know, we don't want to look back. We want to look forward. Yeah, of course you wouldn't want to look back to something that worked. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, why not have it here every year in Regina? A, you've got the footprint. You just saw it at the Grey Cup, right? You've got the footprint. And number two, you don't compete against anything. Like, if you had it in Winnipeg, maybe the Jets go on a big run and it gets swallowed up by the Stanley Cup playoffs. There are only two centers without NHL teams. Hamilton, Regina. Keep it in Regina. It's popular... At the very least, it stays here every year as a common destination for everybody to come. You got the footprint. You can make it better each year. Or it gets so big that people bid for it like a Grey Cup. Kind of like what's going to be happening with the Combine now. They're talking about selling the rights to it so it moves around. But no, we, it goes back to what we saw in Los Angeles. I think our game is better. You're still not on that train, but I I think our... I think it varies per game. No, 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 but I think the actual concept of the CFL is better. Kicking, the rules, I think our game is better, but they have got it down to a science for promotion. We will never compete with the NFL, fantasy, betting, 32 teams, all of that stuff. That's apples and oranges. But can't we take a little bit from them? Mm -hmm. Like, Can't we actually hear something that doesn't cost any money? That's a good idea. Their Super Bowl champ in prime time opens the season. Celebrate that team's accomplishments. Hamilton at Winnipeg, by the way, to open 2021. Oh, good. Yeah, so. Good. That's good. Yeah. So they did it one year and then. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It was a good idea. (laughs) Like, what what are you. uh, I don't know, man. And, And is it that hard? You know, we talked about it yesterday with Craig Reynolds. Is it that hard in a nine team league to get the schedule down? Mm. Like we're not talking 30 NHL teams or 32 um, NFL teams or an NBA schedule. We're talking the CFL nine teams. Yeah. And are you not? You're you're a big sports guy. Like you are even more of a sports nerd than me. Like you care about logos on the field. You were pissed off at Great Cup Week that the logos weren't on the field on Wednesday when there was practice going on. Okay, like the Argo logo and the Bomber logo. You like the tradition. So. In a nine-team league, why can't we play every team one time? Like, one time there, one time here. That's the way it should be. That would equal uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 34, 16 games. Yeah. And then from there, just plop uh, the two remaining games against someone in your Who division. Who cares? Yeah, give them an extra one. Here's the other thing. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? I don't like playing the Bombers. I know we're picking at the schedule, but that's my job to pick. I don't like playing the Bombers this three times. Mm. Why are we... Labor Day Banjo Bowl. That's it. You're you're muddying the product. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Instead, instead... Yeah, one game in the preseason, you open up against them, and then you play them Labor Day, then the Banjo Bowl, or sorry, the yeah. Labor Day rematch, yeah. and then... Uh, yeah playoffs that's four or five games a year so hamilton plays toronto in a labor day classic right yeah we've got a thanksgiving day game with ottawa and montreal second one which is great but why can't we have it like why can't we have two games on monday and make it a football feast like the nfl what does the nfl do great thursday american thanksgiving football so why can't we some of the best ideas are stolen here how about this idea you don't 
the Riders shouldn't play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers until the Labor Day Classic. Yes, that's what I mean. And and, and the Argos shouldn't play, like you were saying, the Thai Cats. Well, they played the them Labor four Day. times out of five. Yeah. I mean, at least they got away from that this year. I'll give them that. I liked some of the consistent starts, some of the weekend games for the BC Lions. I've said it for years, so that's a good move. It's not all bad. I come from what I remember, though, like when I was a kid, early 2000s, uh, it was always home and, away, home and away. Like, Montreal would come here, and we would always go there once. I know. I don't know why they're... Like, are they broke? I don't, I don't know. know. Like, I don't know why we're doing... Why we're not doing that. Of course, that. There's, pro, there's eight teams in the league at one point. Maybe. Tr- yeah, maybe. Yeah. But they're trying to make it so that the divisional matchups, uh, you know, line up. And they're more intense. I don't know. Anyway, hey, we had Pat's hockey yesterday. And when I was oh, yeah. listening to the first period, I was like, wait a minute. Spokane has six... Wins. What is going on here? But then it turned around. So let's do a thing we call, we'll call this Pat Chat. Let's go back a little bit. Last night on Audio Rewind for you. Just past Colton Bridgman, back of the net. They forecheck. Now par below the goal line. Gazowski centers it up top to the line, and he scores. A shot from the high slot. Chipped off the glass by Berflet and deep inside the Regina zone. Chevrolet off centers, off the skate in front. Berflet to the net. He scores. Top corner. What a goal right there by Chase Berflet. He's able to pick up his 11th of the season. Goals in back-to-back games. Now at the line. Gross shoots through the five hole of Drew Sim. He scores. With two seconds left. On the Spokane power play, they take a 3-0 lead. He'll feed it up the middle off the body. Tanner Brown shovels it off the boards. Now Whitehead will smack it deep. Armstrong into the forecheck. Michael Luck leaves it back to the net. Turned over. Suzelev down low to the net. A backhander off his skate. He scores! Intercepted left side. Vallis to the net. Right side. He waits. He centers it. They score! Man, he's looking pressure as he gets nailed on the end boards as he forechecked hard. It's stuck on the seat of his pants and now streaked back to the net. Allman then gets back on the puck below the goal line. Centered in front. Rowan shoots. Block rebound for Allman. Still loose. Stop. Another rebound. Scores! Five minutes into the third. 3-3. 1.23 to go in the power play for the Pats. Here's Brown. Intercepted in front. Hayes. Shorthanded breakaway. Stopped by Drusen with the left pad. Man, he just bailed out Brown. What a great save by Drusen to keep this one tied. Chance to keep Spokane in it. Backhander. Stopped by Drusen. Pats winning a shootout. I uh, just want to say... I love the Brand Center. I love the scoreboard. We have Darren Zabo on. We both agree he's a great announcer. Uh, Dante DeCarry on the call. Uh, good calls there. The Pats have a lame goal horn. Oh, it's that is a lame goal horn. Like, that's lame. <laughs> At least when the, the duck horn in Anaheim. That's it. Oh, yeah. Do that again. Yeah. Yeah. We need yeah. some. That is lame. Yeah. That sounds like my little Nissan Qashqai horn when when somebody cuts me off and I get pissed off and I honk the horn. They meep meep. I, I'm so embarrassed. I don't even honk. Kind of sounds like the Oilers horn, doesn't it? No, the Oilers horn's way better. It's more like a yeah yeah. I, I can I can picture it. No. I love when the I love when the Blackhawks score a goal. That's fun. And the Rangers have a great goal horn. And uh, anyway, Montreal. Montreal, get out of here. Yeah, Montreal. Anyway, okay. Mexico so hockey. Uh, we're gonna do something here. We've done it with Bill Belichick. We're gonna have a little fun with our own guy. Now this isn't from yesterday's game, obviously. If you listen to context, but uh, we gotta interview John Paddock more. We call this segment. <clears throat> 
John Paddock's Podium Pandemonium. Well, I thought we, uh, the first half of the game played as good as we've played all year. And I thought uh, after that, uh, we probably played as bad as we played all year. If anybody in the room thinks we played good in the third period, they're badly mistaken. Thanks. And that literally one game was his post-game interview. That literally was it. I love it. It's a new segment we've got on the show called John Paddock's Podium Pandemonium. Hold <laughs> on there. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Get into it. Tonight, Oilers in the Blues. Hopefully, Connor lights the lamp. Isn't that great? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that's got to get a better horn. Oilers doing it upright. Hey, uh, you're on a mission here while I talk to Aaron Anderson, Sean. You find me the Blackhawks and the MSG, the Rangers celebration. Coming right up. Coming right up. Okay, let's go out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza, including holiday time. Um, I actually booked Western Pizza for the 21st of December to celebrate my son's 21st birthday. He's in town. Uh, hey, Aaron Anderson, Regina High School Athletics Commission. How are you, buddy? Hey, doing great, Ballsy. How about you? Good. Merry Christmas. Best of the season to you. I never know if I offend anybody when I say Merry Christmas, so best of the season to you. No, yeah. you as well, and uh, so glad that you enjoyed your trip to California. It was uh, good listening to some of your stories. Yeah, I know, and I'm glad you uh, listen all the time. It's great, and uh, Zinger, it was great to have him back. It's always good to have him back. Okay, um, uh, what was I going to ask you first? I had nothing to... Oh, yeah, how do you feel about our talk on the CFL? Because you're a CFL fan. Just your thoughts on the... You can't please everybody in the schedule, and I don't want to be old man yells at clouds but how the hell aren't the Argos playing in week one yeah no I totally agree like that should be a tradition it works in the NFL uh you know we always say we're a copycat leagues of of other places that work and other leagues that do it well like why not let's do some things at work let's have mosaic as July 1st that's that used to be a tradition Grey Cup champ should always open up the season that should be a tradition just like they do in the NFL there's things that the CFL misses. It's not that hard, but for whatever reason, they make it hard. Yeah, like you had to do how many different schedules again? Retake this. I know we asked you a long time ago. How many different schedules did you have to do in COVID for just the high school athletics? Well, during COVID, I was doing about 10 uh, drafts of a schedule before we actually get it right. Most of the time, we're around six for a given sport. This year, I'm on 10 for hockey. And we're not quite through the season, but it's just because of various conflicts that happen. And, uh, you know, due, due to uh, officials sometimes not being able to cover games. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, you know, like, honestly, our schools are fantastic because they give me first right on whenever I need it, I'm going to get that school. Mm-hmm. In the CFL, they should get the stadium, the only place that it's an issue, BMO Field, where it's used multi by multi-teams. Yeah. So. Um, in terms of the scheduling that we do with RHSA, uh, we do go through uh, many drafts. A lot of times it's with the city, you know, libel field if it's football, mosaic, etc. But we always make it work. We find a way. And those are things that happen behind the scenes. The biggest thing is we got to take care of kids. I'm in a... Uh, make sure that the kids are taking care of business, and that's what I got to do. I get it done. Speaking of the ice, how's the curling and hockey seasons going so far at the uh, high school level? 
honestly going great. Like our curling, uh, 46 teams we've got in our leagues. Uh, senior boys, the Park Rink out of Winston Knoll. Senior girls, Lattisher out of Winston Knoll, both leading the pack. Uh, open mixed curling on at the Cali as we speak. Uh, the Clark Rink from Belfort leading the way. And in curling, we've got three really good teams on our junior side. Uh, Kozar and Holmberg out of Miller, and then Mans out of Riffle. Uh, speaking of hockey, O'Neill's leading the Hakey. Martin the Cartouche, both undefeated, looking strong. Uh, but lots of season left, so I'm sure some teams will have a lot of say before the playoffs roll around. So uh, the wrestling program at the U of R is no longer. Uh, has that affected wrestling in terms of the high school level? And I, I understand you got a preseason tournament going on. We do. Quite honestly, it hasn't affected our high school programs whatsoever. Uh, we've got over 200 kids wrestling at schools. In a normal year, we're about 150 to 175. This year, we're 226. Uh, we've added Riffle to our fold, so now we've got 11 schools with programs up from one last year. Uh, so the Kelly DeMont Memorial Preseason Tournament going on at Tom's Saturday starts at 9, doors open at 7.45, and uh, should be a great day, probably about seven hours of action, adults $4, students $1 only. So come out and support, it's great. A lot of uh, cauliflower ears to be had on the wrestling mats. I love you. You can always tell a wrestler, cauliflower ears. And uh, yeah. and lastly, preseason basketball going on. You got uh, some tourney action going on there? Yeah, we do. Uh, so far, Martin O'Neill, Tom Miller, Belfer have hosted uh, tournaments. Uh, this weekend is Campbell and Sheldon holding the Hardwood Classic. So I'm going to go into Campbell and check some out when I'm done talking with you. Uh, so far, preseason going smoothly. Our senior teams are almost finished. We've got some junior games left. Uh, we'll repool and get our uh, blue and white divisions uh, in play for January when our regular season starts on the 9th. And basically what we try and do there is just make sure our competitive balance is as close as we can get it. And uh, then that way when uh, parents are going to watch their kids play, they're in for some good games and maybe some that are not so quite lopsided. All right, man, we're up against the clock. Go and enjoy some basketball at Campbell. Always appreciate your time, Aaron Anderson. Hey, thanks for having me, Balsy. Take care and all the best the holiday season. Yeah, we'll talk to you on the other side. Thank you very much, Aaron Anderson, the Commissioner of Virginia High School Athletics. When we come back, Andy McNamara talking a little betting. This is the Sports Cage on 620.com. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. I was a little shocked here. I... I Across my email here, uh, it came uh, a tribute to Dolly, and I thought she died. Dolly Parton couldn't have died, but it's a tribute to Dolly Tickets, the casino. Uh, that, Diane, that our receptionist, said, hey, uh, got a pair of tickets if anybody wants to go. Hey, I got a, I got a gold horn for you. Okay, go. All right, here we go. Watch games this this time of year in California. I'd be like, why are those losers wearing jackets? It's like twelve degrees. What a bunch of softies. Then I went there and I was it was colder than your heart, Andy Mac. Andy Mac. That's cold, brother. That's ice cold. It was cold. Really? Yeah, no, it was chilly. Like it wasn't like Saskatchewan chilly, but it was it was, it was cold. Hey, your favorite jersey in all of pro sports. Oh, boy. Outside of my Cleveland Browns orange, of course. Uh, oh. Let me think. <laughs> okay, favorite jersey. Oh, that's a good one. Let's see. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, off the top of my head, mm, you know what? I like, just from not a fan at all, 
but I really like the uh, traditional Chicago Blackhawks jersey. Yeah, that's I what I said. Yeah, that's what I said. That's, that's my Chargers. favorite. Yeah, and, is it really? Yeah, I, mean, I just said that. Oh. And then I love, then I love what the Chargers wore on Sunday. The old AFL look, the baby blue on the yellow pants. Those are tight. That's a good. You know, I I have far more ones that I love to hate, like some of the old NFL ones. Like, have you guys ever seen like the uh, San Francisco 49ers logo from like the 50s or whatever? It's the worst thing you've ever seen. It's amazing. Google it. It's okay. like it, it's like a cowboy guy in plaid pants shooting a gun with dust kicking up out of his rear end. It's very strange. Okay, but here's something I got. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Just wait a minute. The guy who cheers for the Cleveland Browns, you couldn't get a lazier PR department. <laughs> you are correct. Here's the big thing, guys, too. For this week, you know, some people throw back jerseys, cool thing. The Browns are trying to make a big deal. They're like, our face masks this week are white because that was the color of 1980 cardiac kids. I'm like, okay, guys, let's put a just a bit of effort. Come on. You're changing the the face masks go from brown to white, and this is the big reveal. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah, that that <laughs> is that. back back to your initial statement that uh, you are the expert for a reason. That 49ers logo is awful. The other thing is is the other the other question I always had is why did the Steelers stop at one decal? Yeah, instead of on the other side. Yeah. Steeler fans and the people of Pittsburgh are are stupid. Baldy, that's why. That's why. They're garbage. It's the armpit of America, and uh, it's it's a, a crummy town. And you know what? It's still better than what their throwbacks are, which look like uh, bumblebees in jail colors. Very strange, yeah, also. Yeah, I love I hate uh, Pittsburgh, and I hate Baltimore. I have to tell you something. You won't like this, but I love I love looking at Cincy's jerseys. Their jerseys are hot. All their combinations are hot now. Hot now. I'll tell you that it killed me to say it, but. The white with the black stripes, like, oh, man, yeah. that's a hot jersey. That's, that's like, yeah. yeah, that one's really good. I really like that one. And you know what? I'll say this, too. The baby blue, now that I think of it more, to baseball, the baby blue Blue Jays ones. Yeah, I okay. really like that. The the, the, the like, I don't know if baby blue is the right word, but, like, you know what I mean? The yeah, light yeah. blue. Yeah, and I love the, I love that, what is it, the Honolulu blue of the Detroit Lions. Ooh. Yeah, otherwise, Detroit, like, otherwise it's, like, great. Their worst ones are the color rush all gray. It's, like, yeah. you're typically a boring franchise, and let's go with gray. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, I, then I love the Buffalo Bills white with the blue pants. Like, the white with the blue pants? The Joe Ferguson, Joe Cribs days? Mmm. That's, that's nice. The all- the all-red Buffalo ones look like someone's wearing onesies, though. <laughs> it does. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, now that we've had our fashion tips, let's get into something here. Listen, I listed these as my top five quarterbacks after sitting at SoFi Stadium. Here's where I went. Obviously, it's it's Patrick Mahomes. Then I put Justin Herbert ahead of Josh Allen, who's followed by Joe Burrow. And then I'm going to give Jalen Hurts a fifth-place tie with Aaron Rodgers. I know Rodgers has been trashed this year, but he's had some injuries, and really he's just figuring it out with his receivers. What do you think of my uh, top five-slash-six quarterbacks there? So you got Mahomes one, you got Herbert two, Allen three, Burrow four, Rogers hurts. Now you'll say Herbert's too high. Listen, Herbert has played with a mash unit on the O line. He only had his top two receivers, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, for a full game just last week, week fourteen. His defense is horrible, and he's got one of the worst rush games in the NFL. And he still has his team at seven and six, and probably will make the playoffs. And he played with broken cartlet. 
rib cartilage. He is number two this year, and I won't take no for an answer. And he was able to avoid that sideways uh, Nick Riviera doctor you guys employ with the Chargers who was stabbed for Tyrod, right? That's right. Yes, you right. Survive that. Yes. You, survive. you know what? I, I really, I do love Justin Herbert, and it's not just because I have his uh, three-color jersey patch autographed uh, one of 69 rookie cards. I'm really hoping MVP one day. Yeah. Old Andy can cash in on that one. Yeah. I would say right now for me, I think Justin Herbert has the potential to be the best quarterback in football. He's right there. He has a very similar skill set to Josh Allen. I personally would put him probably at the three spot underneath mm-hmm. Allen, mm-hmm. and I would pop Justin Fields up to uh, to four. Um, after, uh, not Justin Fields, sorry, Jalen Hurts. Okay, um, underneath that. But you know what? For fantasy, the top five. Here's the top five if for fantasy points only. Jalen Hurts one, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Justin Fields. Uh, Justin Herbert down underneath Trevor Lawrence. But again, like you said, this is not. I don't blame. Justin Herbert because of the mash of injuries around him. Yeah, but can we agree on one thing? The two, the two, a Herbert debate is done. Like, give me a break. It's done. You know what? It was a fun little ride for Tua, but he and that Miami team, I think, have been exposed, much like the Jets and the Giants. Um, you're coming up soft when it counts most. Oh, and guess what? You're heading to a blizzard in Buffalo, bro. That's gonna suck. And Tua's like, I don't think the weather's a big deal. It's like. Man, you're you are not gonna have fun. No, you're, you're not gonna have fun Sunday, no. Saturday, Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night. Now, Mike White. I know you haven't been big on Mike White, mm. and, he, and he didn't light it up last week. But I'll tell you what, he showed me something. That kid is tough. He got folded like a cheap ten a couple of times. Like he almost got cut in half. Looks like he's gonna play on Sunday. And I think if he can get them to the playoffs, he's their number one quarterback next season. Boy, well, Mike White got like a throwback for wrestling fans. Like a Bill Goldberg spear. <laughs> Out of his yes. boots. Yeah. Boom. Absolutely. Toughness? Heck yeah. Here's what's a little concerning for me for Mike White fans. Zach Wilson quietly shuffled his way ahead of Joe Flacco and the head coach, Robert Salatin. Always earning his way back. I don't think he displaces Mike White for this game, but with those ribs, if there's any question, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Zach Wilson in this game from injury. And if they lose, then the Jets go to 7-7. Seven and seven. I would bet you see Zach Wilson if he continues along the quote, you know, earn your way back type of thing, that they put him back in there. Because quite frankly, it comes down to draft capital. You spend a way, you, know, you spend a lot more on Zach Wilson than Mike White. But Baldy, your point: Mike White goes out with busted ribs, wins this week. It keeps them in contention. Why wouldn't you keep going with them? So check this out. In 2019, when the Patriots moved on from Tom Brady, he had a 61% completion percentage. It's at 66 right now, even after that debacle in San Francisco. Yards per attempt back in 19, 6.6. It's 6.2 this year. QBR 55.7, which was his lowest until this year at 51. His touchdown and interceptions that year in 2019, when the Patriots decided to move Move on from him. 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and this year, 17 to five. He went eight games without having an interception. So, my question to you is Does Tom Brady retire after this year, or does he keep playing? Because I would say he's better than a third of the quarterbacks in the league still. Yeah, look, it's a great question and tremendous points for Tom Brady to continue. Now, this is all does he want to because I would think you're probably going to be moving on to a new team it seems like he's frustrated and I don't know every picture I see of Tom he's got that he's got some extra crazy in those eyes man like it, it would not it would not uh, 
make me think too hard about him going to another team to think, I'll win a Super Bowl with a third team. No one's ever done that. Because think, he's him and Belichick are all about breaking records. Well, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl with two teams, right? And so did Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady could do three. And for the points you laid out, you put the pieces around Tom Brady and at this advanced age, not necessarily force him to have to do too much. Why couldn't he come back if he chose to? to uh, who knows what team that he feels has the pieces around to go make a run one more time. I think it is going to have to be, without a shadow of a doubt, Tom Brady absolutely physically done before he hangs it up. We saw it with Jordan, you know, Michael Jordan going with the Wizards and all that. The greats seem to need to have it proven to themselves. The outside noise doesn't mean it. Yeah, so, they have to prove to themselves, are you done? So I was reading a couple of uh, theories that how about going back to New England? He's friends with Kraft, went to his wedding. Apparently, he and Bill Belichick, uh, the last time they were together in New England, uh, before or after a game, were in a locker room for like 20 minutes after talking uh, things out. Uh, they got a good O-line. They got uh, a good tight end now. They got some weapons more than when he left. How about putting a bow on your career back in New England where obviously he's still loved and where he still loves? It. Boy, way he would. That'd be quite a finish. Um, but again, okay, so you spent, you'd have to completely wipe it with Mac Jones, who you did spend a first round pick on. So that again comes down to that draft capital. Uh, now, to me, I think you look at Mac Jones and I'll go with Zach Wilson with the Jets as well. These two do not scream franchise quarterback. No. These guys scream of, of guys who don't get the fifth year of their rookie deal picked up and float away. Um, I'm not sold on Mac Jones at all. I think you could get a Mac Jones in the third or fourth round of any NFL draft any year. So that would make sense. I guess it really depends. Does he feel that that gives him the best chance to win with the Buffalo Bills, not in the condition they were when he left? Because Tom had a long run of curve stomping that whole division. So that's going to be a tough go. Is he go there or does he look somewhere warmer? You know, it's tough. Tough to say, but that'd be a heck of a finish. Okay, let's get to our uh, favorites and our underdogs. I'm going to go with uh, my under. Uh, by the way, I went two and zero last week. I'm not going to lie to you. My Bengals beat your Browns. Uh, they oh, finally no. beat your Browns. Uh, okay, so the Bills are taking on the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins get seven points last I saw. Now, the Dolphins used heaters on the bench in L.A. I told you it was unseasonably cold, but it wasn't Buffalo cold, and they still used heaters in L.A. But I think the weather's going to be an equalizing factor. I think the Dolphins lose, but lose within a touchdown. So that's how I got it. Okay, so the Dolphins cover. That's uh, on the DraftKings Sportsbook. That's paying minus 110. Dolphins straight up to win, mm. plus 265. Okay, okay. I can dig that. What's your underdog? Um, my underdog, I'm going with it tonight with the Seattle Seahawks. I'm seeing the line anywhere from three to three and a half, but I'm taking the money line, Ballsy, because it's plus, oh, it's up now, plus 160. Uh, earlier in the day on the, on the DraftKings Sportsbook, it was 140, so it's up even more. Uh, plus 160. Here's why, real quick. Yeah. Seattle got... Swept walk last week versus Carolina Panthers. Disgusting effort. They know it. The division's on the line. You want to win this division, you got to beat the 49ers tonight or it is over. You can still make the playoffs, maybe, but then you're getting back to it. It's at home. We know. Decibel breaking with Kansas City and Seattle. Decibel breaking. Guinness Book of World Records. Noise. You get in there against Brock Purdy, who is still going to be questionable up to game time with an oblique injury, which, as we know, guys, you get one long, long little twist, you're, you're out. And then you get Josh Johnson in there. It's not going to be easy. I still expect the 49ers to win, but I'm really feeling that this Seahawks team at home 
as a three and a half point home dog at plus one sixty is a smart play. I'm going Seahawks for my underdog. Okay, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. That at who, all. Who's your uh, Who's your favorite? Who's you got for your favorite? I'm going Bengals as my favorite here. We just talked about Tom Brady and, and the, the Buccaneers and the stats and all that. But, man, having seen them play the Browns a couple of weeks ago and just where, you know, just the, the beat down, this Bengals team, the one last hurdle was to mentally get over not being able to beat the Browns. You did that. I think it's health uh, being what it is and continuing. I see the Bengals smooth sailing from here on out. I think they put the boot ski um, to the Buccaneers and that only three and a half. Uh, in good weather, I'd probably take the Bengals by a touchdown. The only game I had my TV at the Comfort Inn in Huntington Beach early game was the Jets-Buffalo, so I watched it. And I will tell you, the Jets impressed me. Like, they're a good team. Like, you could you could literally say the Patriots are the fourth best team in the AFC East. So they're taking on Dan Campbell and the Lions. Now, I love Dan Campbell, what he brings to the table. He's funny. I don't know how great a coach he is. Now, Jared Goff's been feasting on some bad defenses, but he gets a way tougher test here, not to mention the cold. I'm going the Jets minus one at home. That's my favorite. Boy, those Lions are weird, man. They're weird. How did they beat Minnesota? I was on here just pounding the test. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Vegas knows, Ballsy. Vegas knows. Yeah, and they we and we were both and we were both laughing that how how are the how are the Bucks not going to beat the 49ers? They got trounced. Absolutely beat, and the Lions beat the Vikings. So uh, you know what? I, I think it's it's just nutty enough to maybe if Mike White can stay healthy. That could that could work. I think that could work. <laughs> okay, so fan, fan, your fantasy must start. What do you got there? Oh boy. Okay, so for tonight's game um, on the DraftKings Showdown contest, that's where you have the uh, captain slot and it's the head-to-head action. I'm going Kenneth Walker, and I'm getting a lot of questions about Kenneth Walker, the running back for Seattle. Injury designation removed. He's healthy. It's go time. When he has been healthy in go time, he goes big time. So I'm thinking Kenneth Walker as an absolute must. Also, you talk about the Jets. How about Zonovan Knight? Yeah. I'm on the show last week. Yes. And here was the concern. It was, well, Michael Carter's coming back. He's going to eat and do his touches. Well, Zonovan Knight outtouched him 19-8, to and that didn't seem to matter that he was in the ballgame. Zonovan Knight's still available in over 50% of fantasy leagues. So if you guys are in the playoffs and you can go get Zonovan Knight, start him. And I'll give you one more. For the Lions, we also just talked about DJ Chark. We're all times, oh, Jamison Williams is back. Uh, Almonra St. Brown's great. Very quietly, DJ Chark has got you 20 fantasy points the last two weeks and is commanding a target share. There's enough love to go around. And if things get a little wacky against those uh, those Jets, uh, they could be slinging it too. Yeah, I was watching that uh, Jets game, like I said, and I'm like, hey, this is a McNamara knows what he's talking about. This Zonovan Knight looks pretty good. Okay, don't call him Donovan. Don't call him Jonathan. He's Zonovan. And, uh, and then uh, is it no or go to Sam uh, Darnold? And Brock Purdy. Would you start him? Would you sit him? What would you do there? That is a big old no to Sam Darnold. And the, the, the reason being, it's like, okay, uh, you know, you, you beat Seattle last week. Still, the fantasy numbers were, were bad. Um, now, you're playing the Steelers, who are not a good team. And we went over how I, I hate the Steelers. <laughs> but I do respect their defense. Remember when Sam Darnold with the Jets he was seeing ghosts? Remember they caught that ghost? Yeah. Well, the ghosts of Christmas present are named T.J. Watt. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick and Cameron Hayward. And they're all on the Steelers. And I think they put the boots to Sam Darnold. And uh, I just think he's going to be beat up and it's going to be a bad fantasy day for him. So I'm saying no to him. And I try to shy away from Brock Purdy tonight just because, again, that oblique, it's weird, right? It's like uh, you, you can, a wrong throw can twist it, a hit. I would try to avoid Brock Purdy for the 49ers in tonight's game, too. So uh, where can they find all your work, my friend? 
Boy, you can go on Twitter at AndyMC81. Got some sweet, fun fantasy football merch up on there, too. I just uh, pinned that there. Uh, and on, Twi- on uh, Instagram at AndyMC Sports. So we'll get you rocking and rolling uh, on our show tomorrow, too. Thanks for your time, Andy. I always appreciate it. Always a good chat. Oh, love it, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Andy McNamara, UFF Sports. When we come back, we got a sports ticker. Get to maybe some of your texts. It's the sports cage for spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. You need to stay warm when the weather turns on us. So call Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling to come out and install a new Bryant furnace in your home. They'll send the best qualified and professional tradespeople who always respect the home they're working in and show up for appointments on time. They'll install your Bryant furnace quickly, correctly, and clean up when they're done. They've been doing it like this since 1978. Call 781-2090. Bryant, whatever it takes. Bye. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. It's 453 with the sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating. Where professional service is guaranteed, they'll treat you right. 781-2090. The beat-up Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers at Geno Smith's. Seattle Seahawks tonight for Thursday Night Football. The 49ers would clinch the NFC West title if they can win tonight. Alexander Ovechkin can tie or pass Gordie Howe for second all-time in goals scored tonight. Ovi sitting at 800 goals. The Capitals play the Dallas Stars tonight in the nation's capital. Yeah, I think he's going to get it tonight. I think so. Two goals. I'm going with you. Uh, who do you got tonight? I, I, I just bet at spreads.ca. I took the Oilers to win uh, over the Blues. I uh, won a 12 games, and then I, the other game I bet on in my little two-game parlay, I took uh, Seattle over San Fran. I can't cheer for the Seahawks tonight because the Packers need... Uh, oh, so you're going for... I'm, I'm, I'm going... Is that your head or heart, though? Uh, Purdy's got a... Purdy's just okay to begin with. I think and the Seahawks are probably going to win tonight. Probably. Yeah. Can you believe Geno Smith, how good he is? <laughs> no. That's crazy. Going uh, from where he was to yeah. now? No, Isn't I can't crazy? believe it. That is unbelievable, it. man. Montreal uh, Canadiens are at home against Anaheim Ducks tonight. I know. Your team. <clears throat> That's exciting. <laughs> that might be like <laughs> a lot of Canadian teams. I mean, the Leafs, Leafs are, Leafs are in, the uh, MSG. Yeah, and what's his name is a 23-game point scoring streak. A Mitch Marner. Yeah. He's rolling. Uh, Jets are home to the Preds. Uh, I'll put the Seattle Kraken. They've been pretty good this year. They're in Carolina to take on the Hurricanes. Uh, I see Drew Brees is getting into the coaching game. He's being an assistant for their... I think it's the, is it the four-go bowl or something? Uh, he's going to be an assistant coach for that bowl game against, or with Purdue, the Boilermakers, his alma mater. Their quarterback, though, is not playing in the game. Hmm. He is Aiden something or other. He has decided to forego that game, the four-go bowl, and uh, go and, um, and get ready for the NFL draft. How well, do you, how do you bowl feel? Bowl games about- are so goofy. But how do you feel about that? I don't. I don't like the fact you're jamming out. What is that? What message does that send? Well, like if I were to put myself in that situation, like it's probably like the safe thing to do if you're the player. To be honest, if you're going into the draft, like why why risk your future? No, I know for one more. I know, and they don't really care about you either. The, The the college teams don't care. It's a big business. It's a it's a huge business. For that reason, question for you. There are, talking to my son, there are 2,000 student-athletes in football in the portal right now, the transfer portal. Is Ethan Ball one of them? No, he's not. All right. He's in the transfer. A couple of his teammates transferred, though. 
like NDSU, the team he plays against, they had four guys go in right before the playoffs started. I, I don't think you should be able to do that till after the season that way. Two thousand is way too much for my life. Yeah, like like you were saying, Dad. I'm lucky I got my scholarship when I did because they wouldn't be looking at high school guys. They're going to look at guys in the transfer portal. Yeah, that's I becomes get... a business instead of like uh, the true spirit student athlete. Develop them, the man or woman, and then the athlete too. Uh, and then how do you feel about uh, the the nils, the nils? Now Canadians cannot, unless the rules change. Can it? Because I look. Canadians, <laughs> Canadians cannot get endorsement deals down there in uh, in U.S. college football. There's 203 kids playing in NCAA Doesn't football. Seem very fair to me because of their. So even if, if you're the best, if you are a Canadian, say you're the best quarterback at Clemson as the Canadian, you can't get uh, legally uh, an NLI deal, a personal services deal, because of the visa. So you can't do that. It's not right. No, it isn't right. But is it right to pay them in the first place? I don't think so either. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm actually, split. Actually, I'm, I'm split too. I'm split too. I'm, I'm the traditional side of me. Uh, don't want them to get paid, but yeah. like in reality, like those schools are making a lot of money. Well, the off coaches those are kids. getting eight, ten million bucks. You yeah, know what I mean? So I don't know what to think. I just want my NCAA video game back. With you isn't know, that coming back this year? It was supposed to come back in uh, the summer of twenty twenty three, but it's been pushed to twenty uh, twenty four now. It so. better be. My son better still have eligibility because I want to play the UND Fighting Hawks with Ethan Ball. Could you imagine that? That would be oh. cool. <laughs> That's cool. juicy. Hey, on a PS5. On a PS5. Yeah, <laughs> you can see every detail in that beard of his. I, I won't be. I won't be able to have it because I paying for his college, so I have to use my PS3. Yeah. Put some rabbit ears on. I it. sold my PS5. Yeah. So did you? Yeah. Hey, when we come back in the other set of five o'clock news, Bob Stoffer, color commentator in the Edmonton Oilers Radio Network, joins us. So does Nathan Cherry of the BC Lions, Glenn Suter, and Rash Madani too. Before the show wraps up, Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on six twenty. Six twenty CKRM is proud to be your official voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports show anywhere. It's a new era for sports talk in Saskatchewan. Welcome to the Sports Cage with your host Michael Ball. Minnesota team last year set franchise records for wins. Oh, look out! Big hit by Reeves. Yeah, so Reeves lights up that Detroit defense, but everybody's talking about it in the no-hit league. Is it dirty? Should he get a fine or a suspension? I love talking to this next guy because he pulls no punches. One of my favorite announcers, radio or TV, Bob Stoffer from the Oilers Radio Network on the Western Pizza Hotline. Bob, thanks for taking my call. I throw it over to you in the no-hit league. What did you think of that Ryan Reeves hit? Uh, he finished the hit. That's nothing in the Western Hockey League back in the 80s and 90s. I mean, and the, you know, I'll give Ben Sherratt credit. He stepped up and, you know, he took the fight. And that's what you got to do. A few years ago, uh, Ryan Reeves ran over Jujarikera and it was Darnell Nurse. Uh, the order still had Clefbaum and Larson at that time. So Darnell could take that fight. Now, of course, Darnell has to play 24 minutes a game. But you know what? It's... it's it is a contact sport, you know. They, 
it's not like field hockey where they can only turn one way and there's no contact. There's supposed to be a little bit of physicality out there. Mm-hmm. So we just came back from Anaheim with 60 of our listeners. We watched a couple NFL games. We watched a couple of Duck games. I can't believe the Ducks beat Carolina. But what struck <laughs> me, what struck me, Bob, is I am in uh, California, palm trees everywhere, and I'm like, wow, it's really impressive what Tampa Bay did in back-to-back years and almost winning three. Now, I know I know they won in a bubble in Edmonton, but to win, play winning consistent hockey in warm weather, it can't be easy when it's beach weather. Well, well what, what are you talking about? It's way easier there. I mean, come on. Tampa Bay, look at the state tax, look at the break they got on Stephen Stamkos to facilitate that long-term extension. So he would never went to the marketplace. Yeah, it's way harder. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, it's not an accident that there hasn't been a Stanley Cup champion in this league from Canada since 1993 when the Canadians, you know, won it. I mean, yeah. I know you have some Maple Leaf country, uh, Maple Leaf fans in uh, in Saskatchewan, and I would hope that there's probably a few more, you know, Oilers fans there. But the Maple Leafs haven't even won a playoff series since Austin Matthews was six. It's hard to win in Canada for a multitude of reasons. Canadian dollars weaker. Some Americans, uh, and maybe those who help make the decision for the players, maybe don't want to come to Canada. Um, Russian players don't necessarily seem to be overly successful. You can find the occasional one. But a a lot of Russian players want to play in Florida. A lot of Russian players want to play in the state of New York. So... There are, and then don't even you know, don't even get started on the the media pressure where hockey's number one. Now the irony is now, Michael, just as everybody knows, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are a big market franchise in terms of the CFL because yeah. it actually matters in the province of Saskatchewan. The Oilers are a significant revenue generator for the NHL because of Rogers Place. So we have gone from a scenario uh, where going into a lockout. Above 405, it was the battle, for, uh, you know, the battle for Alberta, for Edmonton and Calgary in particular, and Ottawa. Those three organizations were getting money through the Canadian Assistance Program from 2000, uh, 2001 to 03-04, $3 million a year. That's what they got, and several of the American owners didn't like having to do it. And now, some of the markets, like Anaheim, the one you just went to, they qualify. They didn't used to before, but they do now because they made a change in the amendment for the television deal. Um, those teams receive money. Don't even get me started on Arizona. Florida has been <laughs> yeah. a significant revenue drag in the league for a number of years. Tampa Bay's been the model sort of Sunbelt market franchise, but it's way easier. Teams and organizations have to be better in Canada, and there's far greater pressure, which often results in more changes in management and coaching in Canada as well. Well, you put me straight, and I like that. Good. Wait a I'm shoot. just like you know. No, like I know, I know. Okay, so that leads me into this, though, because I hear this a lot. The narrative from here, Oilers fans here, and there are a lot here. Oilers got to win. They've only got Leon for three, and they've only got Connor for four. Uh, those guys will be gone as soon as they can. You're around this team. Is there a pressure? There's a pressure to win all the time, and I know the, yeah. we talk about windows, but do you really feel that in a couple of years they're going to have to make a decision on Leon and, I, and you know? I think they have to. I think Leon and Connor will make the decision. So I think Octagon, who represents Leon, and Jeff Jackson, who represents Connor, will make the decision. But here's where I remind the people in Saskatchewan that Leon Dreisettle went to Prince Albert. With all due respect to Prince Albert, it's not Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary in mm-hmm. terms of going to a major junior market. And he went there because he was focused on playing. Uh, Connor McDavid went to Erie. 
Okay, Ryan O'Reilly's in town tonight, the St. Louis Blues. He was the number one pick in the OHL draft in his year because Taylor Hall did not want to go to Erie that year. So sometimes when players, you know, when I'm about, put it this way, I knew Caden Gooley was going to be a good player in Prince Albert because he was committed to going to Prince Albert. Mm-hmm. When players are willing to do that, there's a, a kid in this year's draft from Fort Saskatchewan. He's cousin of Kirby Dock. He's six foot three, 190 pound, right shot defenseman. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he is going to be the top defenseman yeah. to go in this year's WHL draft. And the Prince Albert Raiders have Edmonton's pick from the Gooley trade last year. And they've got their own number one. So they're going to end up with two of the top five picks. And uh, my guess is that they will end up taking this kid out of out of Fort Saskatchewan with one of those two picks. And he's probably going to go because that kid's serious about playing. So circling back to McDavid and Drysaddle, the Oilers have to make a very compelling case that they've got their right team built around them. Now, the Oilers haven't squandered their first-round picks to this place on – uh, you know, players that are, you look what Toronto did when they picked up Polino with the first round pick. They, he left that at the end of uh, that season. Um, you know, by the way, the kid's name that I'm referring to is Keaton Bearhoff. Right. Uh, just remember that name because he's going to be good. Probably the best defenseman out of the West since Jay Bowmeister at that age. So, anyhow, back to McDavid and Drysaddle. The Oilers got to make sure that they've built the, continue to build and grow the team out. Now, Edmonton's had some injuries, so have a lot of teams. Jack Campbell's had a tough start. I have them at 47 to 52 wins. They're a little bit behind that pace right now, but they have an easier schedule as the season goes on. I think they're going to get there, and I think they're going to be a final eight team when all is said and done this year, and they continue to grow and develop their program. Good. I'm glad as an Oiler fan. Hey, talking defenseman, a quick comment on Ethan Bear. I thought he, you know, I was, uh, I, w- I was thought, okay, this guy's career might be circling the drain after leaving Edmonton, but he looked good for the Vancouver Canucks. Well, I mean, in fairness, where his career got stagnated was Carolina. He, yeah. I mean, he had a great 19-20 season. He struggled in the bubble, as did a lot of players. I mean, Oscar Kleffbaum never played again after the bubble, in right. Edmonton, which was a huge loss for the organization. Bear was not the same player in the 2021, you know, North Division. He gets moved for Fogel and ultimately stagnated with Carolina. I'm super happy for him. He looked way better when we saw him this year in town as a healthy scratch. I could tell from his body composition that he was in better shape, and I'm not surprised. I'm really happy for him to see the level of performance that Ethan had. Uh, against the Flames. He was excellent last night. All right. And in Anaheim, uh, I watched Eric Carlson. At least he was worth watching in a 6-1 Sharks win. That guy is unreal. First passes on the tape. Smooth skater. Could we see him in an Oiler uniform? Ah, long shot. Long shot. I mean, I think the Oilers have to contemplate finding a way to get a D. And I'm wondering whether or not a guy that you watched that night from Anaheim might be the right tonic for Edmonton. And that's Cam Fowler. Oh, yeah, he was good. All right, but Anaheim's going to have to eat some money, uh, which would require Edmonton to give up some more picks. So we'll keep and monitor this situation. Pat Burbeek uh, went and saw the Oilers games when we were in St. Paul, Minnesota, and in Nashville on back-to-back nights. That's pretty rare given the fact that his team is playing back-to-back nights as well. Yeah. Okay, Zach Hyman. I love this guy, man. He reminds me of Ryan Smith. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they're similar, similar players on the ice, very different personalities off the ice. Uh, but, you know, in terms of the net drive and the real 
sit on the puck 100% fair comparable. And uh, the only difference is Ryan Smith never got to play with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. So that uh, helps. What's Hyman like? He seems like a good dude. He writes children's books. Every time I see yeah. uh, him interviewed, he looks like he's a good well, kid. Yeah, Smith. I mean, Smith gave the media a lot of time in Edmonton, too. Uh, but I tell you, Hyman's probably the mo- one of the most engaging, like, in terms of, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years. Had a lot of, you know, love Matt Hendricks, and it's hard not to like Zach. Yeah. Hunt. Okay, and lastly, I know you got a busy night. I appreciate it. Connor Bedard, i got to ask you a question. Do we rush these guys too fast to the NHL? We're talking about him being the next one. Not him? No. No, I mean, he was in Edmonton here a couple of weeks ago. He could have had. Now, Edmonton's got a bad team. They're in a full-blown rebuild. Of course, last year they loaded up. They traded for Jaden Gooley. They they traded from Justin Sardif, who's a pick from Florida. They already had three first-rounders on the team, Kosin, Gunther, uh, as well as Jake Neighbors, and they and they also traded for Prokop, who was a pretty good player in this league. So uh, the Oil Kings have moved all those guys. Either they've moved on to pro or they've moved those assets away, and Edmonton's completely rebuilding. But I'm not kidding you. Connor Bedard could have had 10 points in the first two periods of that game. I mean, he's got elite offensive instincts and skill. He reminds me, some of you are maybe old-school listeners over the age of 50 with Marcel Dion. Stocky, oh, yeah. five foot eight, five foot nine, right shot, real good shot like Dion had, uh, playmaker, and a little bit of bite in his game. Dion, Dion didn't take any crap off the ice. And so uh, he's going to step in next year. Wouldn't surprise me as a rookie if he put up 25 goals and 60, 65 points. Bob, thanks in for a your, full season. In, in a, a full season. season. Yeah. Hey, Bob, thanks for your time. Have a good call tonight versus the Blues. Anytime. Take care. That's Bye-bye. Bob Stoffer joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. I always like to get his read on the NHL. He set me straight. Harder to win in Canada with colder weather and everything like that. We'd have to think, though, in Toronto, in Ontario. Oh, it's always hard winning in Toronto. The, no, no, serious. The Leafs, it's like hockey night in Canada every game because even a Tuesday night game, you got kids from Anna. Well, who? Uh, Toronto's in New York tonight, but yeah. say Anaheim rolls in there. You got like a guy from uh, three or four guys in the team from Ontario. They're playing before, before friends and family. Like they're they're pumped to play in Toronto. Used to be worse in Maple Leaf Gardens because it was a storied rink. Mm. So uh, crazy, man. We'll get to some text, and we're going to get to a special profiles feature with a BC Lion. The Saskatchewan Connection. It's the sports cage for spreads.ca on 620. Please welcome. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, let's get to it, Dinger. You've seen them on the field. Now we dig deep to bring you a closer look at a player you'll never find on the stat sheet. This is Profiles on the Sports Cage. Joined by former U.S. Husky Nathan Cherry of the BC Lions. Last time we talked to you, Nathan, you were setting down for a pizza, getting ready for the draft, and then your phone rang, and you're like, I'm already picked? Third overall selection. So my first question to you, what's your favorite pizza? Oh, I'd have to go chicken bacon ranch. It's uh, it's definitely a staple in our house, but it's really good. Chicken bacon ranch. I gotta check Western Pizza to see if they've got that chicken. Ba- and so, what wings do you pair with chicken bacon ranch pizza? Oh, any anything. As yeah, long, as long as there's some chicken nearby, yeah. we're good to go. So, uh, uh, where's Christmas at this year? Where are you guys uh, uh, getting together, the Cherry family? Uh, in Saskatoon still, yeah. yeah. Most of our family's still here, so yeah, we're pitting in and stewing for the for Christmas. Turkey, stuffing, what are you having? What's the meal like, the cherry meal? 
Oh, lots of turkey, lots of stuffing. No, honestly, just a lot of everything, but yeah. definitely a lot of turkey. Are you happy to be back home from the uh, big city of Vancouver so you can get some of mom's cooking? My son's just coming back from college. He's like, oh, next two weeks I'm looking to beef up here at home with the home cooking. Same thing for you, you pro football player. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's nice being back in Good seeing friends and family again. It's It was a long season, so it's nice to have that uh, community and just friendship here. Talk about that, because uh, you, you don't play nearly as long at the university level. Uh, did you hit a wall at any point in the season? Um, honestly, no. I had a great group of friends there and, like, good coaching. And they did, they do a – Coach Rick Campbell does a great job making sure your body is taken care of. So I felt pretty good there. It's just a – yeah, it's a long season. Like, our last season in youth sports was only six games the regular season. So mm-hmm. to go from a six-game regular season to an 18-game regular season is quite the jump. What did it feel like to get your uh, first professional sack against the team you probably grew up cheering for, the Rough Riders? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was a dream come true. And, of course, it was against the Riders. So I had a bunch of friends and family all watching the game. So it was nice to have a bunch of messages pour in afterwards and just kind of it was a very satisfying moment in my life. Yeah, I got to call that one. Uh, it was uh, it was great. I had, a little, I had a little extra pizzazz on the call, even though it was a visiting guy uh, getting the quarterback sack. Always love those Saskatchewan <laughs> kids. So what was it like uh, living for a full season in the big city? Uh, it was different, yeah. It was, a, it was a cool experience, yeah. I was living with uh, uh, Riley Pickett and Noah Zer, so that was awesome being able to live with them and just get to know them more and uh, go to work every day and just play football. That was a great experience. McAvoy knew what he was doing, didn't he? Because a lot of guys, when they go on these, uh, you know, the combine interviews and stuff, I've been told they've been asked, especially Saskatchewan kids, will you stay with us or are you going to bolt when your first contract's done? Did you ever get asked, did you get asked that question at all in in your pre-interviews? all all the time. Almost all the interviews, that was a a main concern, is how comfortable are you leaving small, small province of Saskatchewan to go somewhere big, so... Honestly, I loved it there, though. The weather is amazing. The, the people were great. So it was a pretty good experience. Yeah, but it helped with teammates, right? And it, and you guys are kind of living single guys, living there, living the life, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. It was a, it was a great experience there. So yeah, it, was, it was great to have Riley and Noah there with me. The only downside is a third overall pick in the NFL draft is probably driving a nice sports car and he's got the cash. He's making it rain. You can't do that as a CFL third overall pick. <laughs> no, not quite. Yeah, we're still got a budget pretty smart, especially in Vancouver. The prices are quite a bit more yeah. Yeah. on the West Coast. So, yeah, we, we were pretty smart with our finances. We're not like extravagant spend spenders being from Saskatchewan. So we made it work pretty good. Okay, so take us behind the... Take us behind the professional football life. Like, where did you live? A three-bedroom apartment or whatever? And what did it cost? We want to know the goods here on the show. <laughs> we had, yeah, our practice facility is in Surrey. So yeah. Surrey's a little cheaper to live in than Vancouver. But, uh, yeah, we, we actually rented a whole house, a mm. three-story house between me, Packer, Noah, and Pickett. So Packer played for the U of University of Calgary Dinos. Mm-hmm. So we had four of us to one house, and it was around like $800 each for rent, which is really good for Vancouver area. So we made it work pretty well. Awesome. So, uh, but do you still eat a lot of mac and cheese and ramen noodles, or could you splurge <laughs> once in a while? 
<laughs> well, we tried to eat quite a bit of protein, yeah. Um, there was definitely some mac and cheese in there and quite a bit of ramen, but we got to make sure we're hitting our protein needs yeah, okay. being professional athletes now. So, like, listen, I'm, I'm putting a kid through college with my ex-wife, so I know how ex- expensive it is. So, but uh, two kids, actually. But so, like, when you're out, when you're there in Surrey, do you travel by car? Is there a subway? Like, can you get cheap transportation in for the games and stuff? I'm, I'm just worried about you, man. I want you to have money when, this, when the game's done. <laughs> No, I appreciate it. Uh, it's mostly a mix. Like, we had cars there. We had carpool a bit, and they also have, like, a sky train. Mm-hmm. So it was just a train just above ground, like, and it would just take you all across Vancouver. It, was, it wasn't bad. It was a cheaper way of getting around. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, not, nothing beats just being able just to drive somewhere 10 minutes in SAS. It's, if you drove places in uh, Vancouver, it usually takes around fifty minutes on average. No, I know we just got back from LA. It sucks, man. I couldn't. I couldn't yeah, imagine it. That could... was my least favorite part about yeah. living there was the traffic. Yeah, you forget your uh, rider tickets on the on the table at. Well, I guess it's on your phone. So you forget your phone on the table, and you're driving to a rider game. You can go around on the ring road and get your uh, phone from Lakeridge and Regina and Northwest, and be back at the game. You forget your freaking phone in Surrey, BC, to get tickets to go to Vancouver. You're not going to the BC line game you're watching it on TV yeah you wouldn't make it that yeah. till after no. halftime no, no kidding hey so uh, Rick Campbell and his coaching staff has re-signed just talk about uh, that coaching staff did a really good job this year yeah they're awesome just from they're one of the most professional uh, coaches that is in the CFL they're they're sweet having John Bowman as my D-line coach oh yeah dream coach. but yeah I, I remember watching him when I was like 12 13 years old I don't know how happy you would be with me saying that, but yeah, he's been in the CFL for a long time, and uh, yeah, he was a he was a beast when I used to watch him. So yeah. having him with all that experience coach me firsthand was was amazing. Nathan Cherry, what's the best piece of advice or technique that maybe he opened your eyes to, without giving anything away to your opponents? Because I know everybody in the Canadian Football League listens to the show. So anyway, just to tell us what you what you can. Oh, uh, there's nothing one one thing in particular, but just with him is just drilling the fast feet, fast hands. It's not overly uh, about brute strength sometimes. It's just using your technique to your advantage and leverage and all those sorts of things. Yeah, it's, it's just a bunch of little things combined that makes him such a good coach. I know I talked to teammates and opponents, and they talked about your violent hands. They said, this guy's got some violent hands. Did you always have that, or is it something you've developed? Uh, I think I always knew how to use my hands pretty well in DLI, but just as you get older, you get stronger, and being able to get in the weight room and start benching over 400 pounds definitely helps. But, uh, yeah, I think just being able to use them fast and violently is the, is the key. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You eat mac and cheese and bench over 400 pounds? How come that hasn't translated to me? <laughs> you just got to mix in the chicken breast here and there. <laughs> That is outstanding, man. Hey, lastly, Nathan Rourke, uh, is the sense in the locker room that he's gone? What are you hearing there? Uh, honestly, we have no idea. Yeah, we just all wish him the best. He's such a good guy. He he deserves he deserves everything that comes his way. He's, he's a true leader on and off the field, and he would look after anyone no matter what your standing is in the locker room. He's got your back. Yeah, he's a great dude. And it seems like your owner's a great dude. I really like the fact he's investing, putting his money where his mouth is and really giving the sweat equity, too, along with his family to get things going in BC there. Yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. It was my first year there, so I don't know exactly what it was like before, but everyone that's been there for a while says 
very happy with him and just feel like the program's on the right track now. Yeah. Are you soft now that you're playing indoors? It's not totally indoors. They still got some outside air coming in there, but are you soft now? Are you a soft guy now coming back to cold Saskatchewan? You know, I, I think I'm good now, but there's a while during the season I was feeling pretty soft. Me and Noah, we went to, uh, when we played in Toronto, mm-hmm. it was around like minus two, minus three, and we got off the plane and we're like, oh, it's so cold. <laughs> we would have never said that after living in Vancouver for four or five months. But yeah. <laughs> it made us a little soft, but I think I'm getting climatized back to the soft weather now. I think we're back there to play you guys twice. So if we can hook up, I'll take you out for lunch, and I'll even put extra cheese on the Mac, okay? <laughs> that sounds awesome. Thanks, man. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Congratulations on a good first year, okay? Thank you. I appreciate it. Merry Christmas. That's Nathan Cherry in our Profiles feature. Glenn Suter's coming up next with press coverage on the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Show is sponsored by Spreads.ca. Text line sponsored by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, 936-6262. Zinger, let's get to mm-hmm. a couple of those texts, bud. Eli's on the text line. Eli says... He's talking about the schedule here. They do that so the East can win more games if they play each other and not more Western teams. Mm. That's a good point. And another text came in wondering why the Hamilton Tiger Cats don't play in Calgary this year, especially with the prospects of Bo Levi Mitchell potentially playing for the Tabbies. Most people say it's 80-20. That he'll go there. I am saying it's uh, 50-50. It's a coin flip. It'll be a coin flip. Hamilton's a dump. Yeah, I don't know like, why. Why would you... You want to go there and get out. Why would you want to live in Hamilton? We got Daryl. Daryl says, schedule is 18 games, 9 teams. When I went to school, the math worked out to playing each team twice. The CFL uh, setting the schedule up for a Winnipeg Blue Bomber success. Oh, the conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I think everybody should play each other once. We have a nine-team league. Let's have some variety here. And, and fans deserve to see each team once. They do. Not every fan can travel. Riders first time in Ottawa since 2019 or 2018. I've never been to Ottawa, so I'm looking forward to that. Never yep. been to Ottawa. And I have a lot of a lot of respect for our next guest. Let's get to it. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of bounds. Time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. Glenn Suter, nothing's worse than being sweaty in the middle seat of an airplane. I hate it. I, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> well, I've traveled enough that I, I have the sort of flight status now. Um, and only because I've traveled so much that I can avoid the middle seat because uh, that is just, that's a tough one. Unless you're all together sort of as a, you know, a couple with your buddy or whatever, but uh, no thank you on the middle seat. Hey, be- before we get started, Ballsy, I got to I gotta quickly apologize to my followers on Twitter. <laughs> um I'm, so you you know how you do it. You you get up in the morning. You're you're sort of shaving, brushing your teeth. You're looking at your Twitter at the same time, kind of going through. And I I saw the tweet that said that suggested that the um, touchdown Atlantic was sold out. And I thought, well, that makes sense. I mean, 
It, there were thousands of fans in that region that didn't get to go to the game last year, Saskatchewan-Toronto, because it sold out so quickly, and, and there were literally thousands that, that wanted tickets that couldn't get them. So I figured, you know, I looked at the headline of the tweet and thought, oh, yeah, I, that makes sense to me, and I retweeted it without looking at anything else. <laughs> Went back, reread it, and realized it was just this massive hoax. Yeah. Uh, apologized on Twitter, and then and then came back and deleted both of them. So, uh, basically, if you saw that, I apologize. I like to be accurate, at least. Yeah. <laughs> I tweet, and I certainly wasn't retweeting that. Well, we don't know what's going to be happening yet. An announcement, I think, will come next week. But uh, as I peruse the rider schedule, it did say the Toronto-Saskatchewan game, there was an asterisk by it, and it said neutral site game. So unless they're yeah. playing in yeah. Quebec City or Mexico, which would be cool, uh, I don't know about in the summer cool, but uh, certainly not weather-wise, I, I, I assume it's going to be part two uh, Saskatchewan, uh, Toronto, Atlantic, Canada, but I mean, I don't have any confirmation on that. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, we find that out soon. And again, uh, I think it'll be sold out very, very quickly because it certainly was last year. Now, I touched on this uh, last time you were on, but I want to talk about it a little more. I don't want to. I, I like the schedule. We'll go into it deep here, but. We do have to get some traditions going. And there's one thing in the NFL that they do right, market. And one thing they do that doesn't cost any money is they have their Super Bowl champ from the year before open up the season. Now, I would like to go a step further and have it be the Grey Cup champ versus the team that lost in the Grey Cup like they did in 2021 with Winnipeg and Hamilton. Like, let's stay with some of these darn traditions. Let's get some going here. And you can't tell me that you can't find work the, a, a team with or a league with nine teams. You can't work the schedule to highlight, in this case, the Argos, a team that needs highlighting. Couldn't agree more. In fact, if you go back and look at, um, you know, few years, it, it hasn't happened consecutively, but a few years back in, in the CFL schedule, you'll see the rematch to start in week one to start the new season. So you'll see the Grey Cup rematch in week one. I go back a couple of years ago. Um, it, it happened, uh, I believe it was Ottawa, Calgary, after they faced each other in the, in the Grey Cup the very next year. In week one, they, they played against each other to open things up. So, um, you know, to get them in week one would be ideal. There, there are a few things I do like with this schedule. I like the, the Sunday, or, or, or sorry, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday games throughout the entire summer. That's huge for ratings because most of those games hit right in prime time for television, yep. which, is, which is big, big, big for ratings. I really like that. And then after that, for those that believe that we should avoid the NFL and the conflict there, I, I'm not sure I agree with it, but it, after Labor Day, it goes to doubleheader Friday, Saturdays. So we avoid sort of the Sunday games after Labor Day. I, I really like that. And, and Saskatchewan, I just kind of looked at their schedule, Ballsy, and I thought, you know, there's only two weeks where they have the short weeks, like four days in between games. I'm assuming they tried to do that for all the teams. Uh, to to eliminate those really short weeks that's hard to prepare, um, and also less back to backs. The only one the riders have is the is the uh, Labor Day back and back back to back. Yeah, uh, I would. Uh, you know, 
like you said, you can't please everybody. I don't want to be old man yelling at clouds, but I talked about this with Zinger. I'd like to limit my uh, riders, for instance, riders, Blue Bombers, to two games, the Labor Day Classic and the uh, the, the rematch game. I don't want to I don't want to have them start the season here. Like I'd rather just don't. I like that setup. Just give me the two games, middle of the season tradition. I know that's when the real season starts. I don't need the week one matchup. Yeah, no, I, I I hear you. I mean, those are those are sort of personal preferences. You know, I yeah. I do like also I do like also that the that the, the the schedule is out before Christmas. Yeah, me too. I mean, you go back you go back not very long ago. We were waiting till after free agency, mm-hmm. and you know even deeper before we would see full schedules and things like that. So so having them before Christmas is huge, and I do like. I, I want to see how it's going to, ha- you know, what it looks like, but I, I do like the idea of Saturday playoff games. Okay, um, so I want to stop you there. I want to stop you there. They tried yeah. that before, and I don't think it really translated very well. I don't know about attendance, but I thought your ratings on TSN weren't overly spectacular. Like, I didn't think it was as successful as they thought it would be. Uh, you know, it, it has, yeah. I mean, let's, let's, that's why I say it's kind of an experiment from us from TSN to to look at it and see will this be a spike in ratings or will it be neutral or or will we have a drop in ratings for playoffs again for those who believe uh, the competition with the NFL it's it's a good idea to avoid that I again I don't necessarily go that way but Mm -hmm. okay if you if you feel that then then that takes care of this the other thing it does for the teams it gives you an extra day going to the Grey Cup and I, I, I think that's important. That, that one day extra to get organized after a Saturday West final, East final, uh, you get another extra day because Sunday will be the game, uh, for the Grey Cup. Should we go the way? No, I don't want to get into comparisons, but I do like, listen, the, the, the Pro Bowl was a joke. We've talked about how I said, hey, I, I, I proposed this before. We should have the loser bowl or whatever you want to call it, where the second worst team plays the worst team for the top overall pick. So there's no tanking. And they could make, play it in the week between the championship round and the Super Bowl where they take that week off. Do it in Hawaii. I don't care. Give people incentives like the winning team gets 25,000 each, a losing team 15,000, whatever. And then they get the the pick, so I, I like that aspect. But they've gone to flag football, and because flag football is so huge, and because a lot of kids are playing flag football, how about a CFL All Star game, flag football style? I wouldn't mind that. Uh, yeah, I, you know, first of all, with when it comes to the the teams that are tanking in leagues um, to get a higher draft pick when they realize they're out of the playoffs. Um, you know, I think there's an easy way to fix that. I think you have sort of two tiers. You have the playoff teams, and they're ranked, and their playoff position is ranked. That's easy. But then the non-playoff teams, the first pick or the or the best record of the non-playoff teams gets the first pick, mm-hmm. not the worst team in the league. The best record of the non-playoff teams gets picked number one. I think that takes care of, of tanking. So so there's that. But when it comes to the all-star idea, no, I'm not a big fan of any sort of form of all-star game. You can still get hurt in flag football. I, I like the idea of, of, a, of a skills competition. Quarterbacks, skills competition, receivers with the ball machine that shoots them out super fast. I remember Ben Cahoon catching 
like 50 balls in 30 seconds or something. It was amazing how uh, they did this stuff like that. So I would love to see that kind of thing in a CFL week in March in Saskatchewan, indoors with the draft or whatever else you're going to attach to it, the combine and a lot of other things. Uh, that that I'd love to see. All right. So uh, uh, we had Nathan Cherry on the show a little earlier on. It was great. He said one of his boyhood idols was uh, John Bowman, uh, and he's the D-line coach of the Lions and taught him some great stuff. So that would be a cool moment for Nathan Cherry of the U.S. Huskies. But speaking of the B.C. Lions, they re-signed their coaching staff, which is great for stability. And then they've got a great owner that not only has you know, got his hands dirty with the sweat equity, but he's also put his money where his mouth is. But he's doing something really cool with regards to season tickets. Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, Amar Doman, again, just continues to impress. I just love the investment, the ideas, the innovation. I mean, this is something that Saskatchewan's probably done before. You would know better, I think, Michael, but um, he is he is now presenting a ticket package for season ticket holders that take you the next two years and, in fact, three years um, to, you, you if you lock in for the next three years, First of all, you get a discount, so it's a 25% or something like that. Secondly, you also get um, the pricing right now in all three years. So if prices of tickets go up, you know, two years from now, uh, your tickets will stay at the same price per ticket. So, you know, things like that. And that gives you an automatic lock to your Grey Cup ticket in 24 if you want them. So uh, just... You know, I, I know Saskatchewan's done things like this before, but all the teams really need to focus on it and, and dig in. And Amar Doman is impressing every every turn. Victor Quee's trying hard, too. We'll talk about him and the Edmonton Elks coming up on the other side and get your thoughts on Kelly Jeffrey. Some people saying Kelly Jeffrey is the OC signals the Rough Riders aren't going to get Bo Levi Mitchell. They basically said we have no chance. We'll get Glenn's thoughts on that. This is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620. Talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Press coverage brought to you by Quality Tire. Nine locations in Regina to uh, serve you, or in Saskatchewan, pardon me, to serve you. QualityTire.ca. Going over to see Randy and the game to get some new tires on my vehicle. This show is the number one sports show in the province, and it's because of guests like Glenn Suter. So, Suits, let's talk about Victor Quee's tried hard. I don't think the left hand really uh, knew what the right hand was doing. Last year, he was trying to promote and get people to come to the stadium, and Chris Jones treated it like like it was a preseason and training camp, uh, rotating people and players through there. Uh, It's settled down towards the end of the year. Hopefully they're on the same page for their sake because they need to get a foothold in Edmonton. They're falling way behind the Oilers. Do you like guaranteed wins? Like, I've always been a believer. I said this. Perception's everything and facts are negotiable. So give kids 12 and under tickets free as long as there's some adult tickets involved. And Edmonton did that last year, but now they've got guaranteed win seats. So if you don't win, you get the same seat, so on and so forth till they win because they haven't won in 17 games. Does it devalue your product when you give away free tickets? Well, I don't think it does on a, you know in a broad way when you when you talk about it in sort of uh, you know a big picture way that just giving away free because you can have family packs where the kids are free or after or below a certain age they're free. I mean, I I think we really have to engage the low hanging fruit as a league 
in the country, and the low-hanging fruit is kids playing amateur football, flag football at ages seven, eight, nine years old. I mean, there's thousands of them, and I hope that all of them are going to CFL football games. They already love the game. That's why they're playing flag. So to to get them in the stadium, I'm all for free tickets for the kids or special promotions for amateur football in the in the city and things like that but to to do it and then tie it to guaranteed wins so that you're giving away tickets for an entire game for everybody you know for the former player in me says guaranteed wins are are silly i mean because i as a player you are trying to prepare to play your best every single game if you need some sort of ticket promotion to motivate you so you can win two in a row, you're in the wrong business. And uh, I, so I, I don't know if it's to motivate the players or it's just a marketing thing where they want, you know, if they lose two or three in a row, how many free tickets are they going to give away? Then it starts to devalue. Mm-hmm. So Kelly Jeffries hired as the offensive coordinator. We kind of touched on it there. Who cares if he's perceived to be the last choice? His comments basically on our airwaves and in the leader post as it was uh, put in print, there's nowhere I would rather be. Uh, your thoughts on, on uh, that uh, very uh, aggressive, uh, positive statement from Kelly Jeffrey? Yeah, it was an excellent article. I think Rob Betts, or uh, Murray McCormick wrote it, but it was an excellent, excellent article because it gave us a little insight on Jeffrey. And I, you know, again, you, we knew about his background. He's got uh, great experience on both sides of the border. So both aspects and nuances of, of both games, I think, is, is in his, you know, is in his toolbox. So I like that about the article. And then the way he finished it just sort of ends that narrative. And we, we talked about it a little bit on Tuesday, but to end the narrative that, uh, that players or coaches would be reluctant to go to Saskatchewan because there's more pressure on them there. That, that's just not true. These, these are guys that for a lot of the players down south, and Jeffrey has a background in it too, that grew up in Texas. I mean, the pressure on a high school kid playing football in Texas is through the roof. They love it. They thrive on it. That's why they play the game. They want to be in the spotlight. They want the pressure on them. They want people to not believe that they can get it done and then go and prove them wrong. That's what the competitive edge is all about. And I, I love that statement because it ends that narrative. He well, wants to be there. He wants the pressure. Well, and, and that's why I think it's a lot closer than a lot of people think. A lot of people have said, well, it's basically a done deal. Bo Levi Mitchell's going to Hamilton. They've got the negotiating rights. They'll give him an offer before free agency. I think if Bo Levi Mitchell gets here, if they get him here, if they get him in the building, they get him to Saskatchewan, it's a coin flip whether he goes to Hamilton or Saskatchewan or somewhere else. Like I think the Riders have a very good chance. I think Kelly Jeffrey being a first-time OC would be appealing to Bo because Bo wants to have more collaboration in a playbook. And Tommy Condell is a great OC, and he probably will be uh, in collaboration mode. But when you've been an OC for a long time, you have a certain way of doing things. Kelly Jeffrey's more of an open book. I, I don't know. And you got to play. You get to play Calgary three times, and it matters here. And it's like Katy, Texas, and your dollar goes farther. Call me crazy, but I think it's a coin flip. And I actually think if they get him here, the Riders have a better than fifty-fifty chance of landing Bo Levi Mitchell. 
I do too. Like I hope they're looking at all the free agent quarterbacks. There's 11 out there, sure. all of which have all of which have experience. But I do too. I I, I agree with you. I I think if if Bolivar Mitchell is going to sign in Hamilton, then why would he go to free agency? I mean, if 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 he's been sold enough to go and sign there, and you know they'll give them they'll give uh, Bo the best offer they can give him. They're not going to play games with that. They'll give him the best offer money-wise they can give him. And so why would he wait to free agency? If he goes to free agency, it's 50-50 in, in my books. Yeah, that's my that's my absolute opinion, too. Okay, so I'm not here next week. We're doing best of shows, so you get some time off. Uh, how is Glenn Suter uh, spending Christmas? Just going to be at home, taking, you know, the family comes over. Um, you know, there's... Uh, we we get the whole house decorated. It's just just family time. Although I'll be looking at free agency and staying in my football bunker at least a few hours a day. So be ready on the other side. But I hope everyone in Saskatchewan has a very safe, family friendly, family oriented Christmas and enjoy yourself and uh, and the whole holiday season. Glenn, it's been a great year. My first working with you. Really appreciate it. And yeah, yeah, we'll talk to you on the other side of the uh, calendar. Okay. Thanks, Glenn. I will. Yeah, great, Michael. Yeah, and thanks. And and tell Zinger, too. And also, congratulations on kicking butt in the ratings because you're the quarterback of that show. Great job all year. Well, hey, I got to dish it to receivers, and I got a guy behind the scenes here, my athletic trainer, Sean Kleisinger. So he's doing a good job keeping the show on the road. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay, thanks. All right, that's Glenn Suter, press coverage, one of the many great guests we've got here. And coming up on the other side of 6 o'clock news, another one. We go coast to coast with the man with the most, Arash Madani. It's a sports cage for spreads.ca on 620. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between, this is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. All right, welcome uh, to the show, and it's brought to you for spreads or by spreads.ca, and uh, this segment brought to you by... Ryan Golly, Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Before we get to our friend Arash Madani, I want to give a shout-out to uh, the great folks over at Father's Furniture. We're doing our renovations. We got ourselves this big, huge sectional zinger. Going to sit on it tonight and watch the Oilers game and the... Uh, Thursday night football with my son. You're so, not yeah, gonna watch the Milwaukee Bucks take on the Memphis Grizzlies. I do some of that too. Sportsnet. Sure. Why not? Why not, man? I'm, yeah. I don't care. I got this big sectional. They do a great job at Father's Furniture. And Joan and Dennis Mutra came in. They are from the Cupar area. She does like the uh, this. Uh, she made these little. Uh, Moccasins out of moose skin mm. for uh, was Mark- that the two that yeah, were in the yeah, lobby yeah, today? Yeah, 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 yeah. They were on uh, our trip. I was, I was watching you guys. Yeah. Is that creepy? I was, I was I looking know. at you guys. They saw you in there. They're uh, big yeah. fans. Yeah. Of yours. She brought them in because I'm giving them to Mark's little baby there. Oh, See, I didn't nice. get your guy a gift because I got you the gift. I got you a hat, or a hat, Nebraska hat, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'll get him. Don't worry, I might get him a Christmas gift from old Uncle Balls. Yeah, that, uh, he would appreciate. Would that. he appreciate that? Yeah, I think he would. I've been, okay. t- I've been talking to him about okay. you. So okay. If you don't okay. 
come through with them. Okay, you'll be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. come on. Can't be uh, delinquent, Uncle Ballsy. Hey, kid, pull my finger. Anyway. Guy's only 15 months old, and you're already in the doghouse with them? Come Give on. Give him a damn Christmas Get gift. Give him a damn gift. <laughs> Something his dad likes. Let's go out on the uh, Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, holiday time. Your Christmas uh, holiday cheer. I'm having lunch with my uh, family there on the 21st. Western Pizza. We're here with Arash Madani. Arash, best Christmas gift you've ever received is? Well, I don't know the best one ever, Ballsy, but I and just today what? that Papa Zinger may be a little upset about. What? Aaron Rodgers' cap hits for the next three seasons. $40 million, $68.2 million, and then in 2025, $76.8 million. How are the Packers going to build when the quarterback is making that kind of cake? Is he going to get traded? Who's going to take the contract? Well, I mean, there's... Who would take seven... Like, even if the cap goes up. Yeah. 76 million bucks. Carolina wouldn't or somebody like that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. Zinger's quiet. Especially for a guy in decline, right? Zinger's thinking about drinking. He's 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 having a tough time <laughs> swallowing his Coca-Cola over there. I'll oh, tell there you, you go. I'll, I'll tell you what. If you guys didn't have Justin Jefferson with the Minnesota Vikings, oh, you would be yep. uh, a dumpster fire. No, a kitchen fire inside of a dumpster fire. Correct. Like, like that, you're lucky for Justin Jefferson. I tell you what, um, I mean, the catch of all catches, fourth and 18 in Buffalo, late in the game, two minutes to go. And I don't know if we've talked about this policy, but Kevin O'Connell, who doesn't give up much. The Vikes head coach, his press conferences, I watch all like three, four times a week on YouTube. I thought that an incredible thing that happened, he said that when he radioed the play into Kirk Cousins' helmet, it wasn't even a play. He just said, throw the ball up to J.J. They put three receivers to one side of the field, Jefferson on the other side of the field, and it was just a go route, and Jefferson stopped at 20 yards and jumped into the air, and with his back to the defender who had the ball in his hands, Jefferson ripped it out with one hand and brought it in. Mm-hmm. Just throw the ball to J.J. That might be that might be the tagline of the entire season. So on this day in 1997, the 49ers retired Joe Montana's number 16 jersey during the halftime of the Monday night game against the Denver Broncos. Jerry Rice also came back that day after he suffered a torn ACL in the Niners' season opener against Tampa. The comeback was short-lived for Rice. He broke his kneecap after making a touchdown catch and missed the remainder of the season. Agree or disagree with me? Jerry Rice, greatest football player of all time. Uh, you may not be right, but you're certainly not wrong. You know, I, I just don't know how we compare eras. Like, I, I never saw Jim Brown play. Where's Jim Brown in the conversation? I never saw Otto Graham play. Where's he in the conversation? How do you compare, say, a Jerry Rice with a Lawrence Taylor? 
Well, here, I don't know. Well, here's the the object of the game is to score points. Jerry Rice is a receiver. On average, a receiver touches the ball about eight times a game. That's a really good game. Maybe it's four mm-hmm. times. He has the most touchdowns in NFL history. Now, he was around a long time. He was to 42, I think, when he finally called it quits in training camp of the Broncos. But Jerry Rice as a receiver, and he played in an era where they could tackle you. Like, that's why yeah. I was in L.A., and Herbert, the, it came across the screen, Justin Herbert, most passing yards in the first three years of an NFL career. And I didn't even get that excited. That's my team. Because, come on, you can't even, you can't do anything as a defender now. It's embarrassing, actually, to be quite honest with you. Like, to me, Dan Marino is still the so benchmark. That said, so that said, hmm. and look, I'm a Vikings guy and I'm a Jefferson fan. Who's the more dominant player in football today? Justin Jefferson or Aaron Donald last year? Uh, right? Yeah, Aaron Donald probably last year. Yeah, yeah, so probably. It's, it's a fun conversation to have, and that's why I said you may not be right, but you're definitely not wrong. Um, like, think of the measure of greatness in which we speak. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, I saw this. The US, uh, USFL raising player salaries by 19% year one to year two. Um, uh, 5350 U.S. dollars per week for USFL salaries. That's $7,307 Canadian. Um, so uh, should we be, you know, should, you, no. should we be concerned? I'm not concerned. I think no, this league's not, not going to make it. Yeah, yeah. Not that league. I, I don't see... I don't see established CFL players leaving for that league. And I think, but I do think that the XFL in whatever this new edition that it's going to be, will be a threat. I think that's the league that's going to take players away. Not only guys who played in this league for a year or two, but also, you know, you saw the league come out with their necklace, um, college dudes, mm-hmm. college dudes who may think this is my best ticket to get to the NFL or get back to the NFL if they were training camp cut, this may be the best route to get back to the league. Well, I don't think it's ever changed the rash. You've been in the league. You've covered the league. I've been around it my whole life. It doesn't. It. Wally Buono said it best. If you want to win in the Canadian Football League, you've got to have an elite quarterback, a mm-hmm. line that can block, and Canadians. Mm-hmm. It hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. It hasn't changed. So, hey, maybe if they take some of our guys, we just add some of our own guys. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Much to much to the commissioner's chagrin of Canadians thriving in this league. Yeah, I, I love this narrative, too. Well, they just couldn't find it. They just couldn't, fo- they just couldn't figure out the schedule with MLSE. That's why the Argos aren't playing on week one. This would oh, never God. happen in the NFL. Come on. No, no. It, yeah, and... And look, we'll see what happens with Bo, and we talked about this the other day. I I just think it is unforgivable that in a scenario where Bo Levi Mitchell, franchise icon in Calgary, could be returning to McMahon Stadium for the first first time after leaving that place, oh, wait, they're not even going to put it on the schedule. (laughs) How does that happen? Uh, How does that, you know, like... Randy said we screwed up with the All-Stars. This won't happen again. We have a vetting process. Okay, you have a vetting process? What's your vetting process for your schedule that not one person stepped up and said, well, hold on a minute here. 
this isn't the way to do things. Hey, it looks like, speaking of the Argos, it's going to be Riders-Argos uh, Atlantic Canada 2.0. I mean, it, it shows on our schedule it's a neutral site game. I can't think of anywhere else we'd play. Like, the, uh, no, right. no announcement yet. I don't know if you're hearing anything, but I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I haven't dug into it yet. I will for next week, Ballsy, but that wouldn't surprise. They need the Riders in the game. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, like there's no other way of kind of putting it here. That's yeah. That's what's going to move the needle down there in terms of getting... Getting getting established CFL fans into that stadium, not not Atlanta Canadians, not Nova Scotians, mm. but actual traveling fans. Hey, uh, just give my Padres the trophy now. We got Bogarts. Uh, once Tatis comes back, if he doesn't get another drug suspension, we are going to be rolling, man. But what about the Blue Jays? The Blue Jays got the Kiermaier today. Kevin Kiermaier, one year, nine million dollar deal. They lost Stripling. Your thoughts on the Jays' free agency or their lack of? Well, they then added Chris Bassett, who three years, sixty-three million, comes over from the Mets, a veteran starter, who I think Ballsy gives them at least a year, if not two, of solid starting pitching. We'll see what's left behind for year three. Kiermaier's an interesting one. I thought he'd be coming in as a vet, coming off hip surgery, uh, a little bit in decline. I thought the you know the thinking there was he was effectively going to be your fourth outfielder. And maybe in a platoon situation. Not so. He had a Zoom call today after the deal was made official, and he told the media, he said, I'm here to prove that Ross Atkins was a smart dude for signing me, and he said, my plan is to play center field every day. Mm. And when I saw that, that that had me raise an eyebrow. I'm like, oh, okay, Mm. I guess. Um, this is about to get very intriguing because, look, they lost Teoscar Hernandez, so there's a there's a void there in right field. I, I just don't know if Kevin Kiermeyer, at this age, after everything he's been through health-wise, is an everyday player, but it looks like the Blue Jays are going to give him some runway to see if he can do it. So it's Argentina and it's France in a battle for the World Cup. If Messi wins, where does that put him in terms of greatness? Well, he's on Mount Rushmore. Like, he's there with Pele, Maradona, him. And, you know, I, I guess... Is he the greatest? You know, is he the greatest? Am I? Is it a Jerry Rice thing again? I'm not wrong, but I'm yeah, not right. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I mean, you know, where, where does Pele kind of mark there? I guess Zidane might be the fourth uh, among male soccer players. But he's... Of his era. Of his era he becomes the best. He surpasses Cristiano Ronaldo and anybody else yeah. because the one thing missing from his resume was international success. And then last year won the Copa America for the first time as a member of the Argentinian national team. And now he would do this. Now, if it's not Argentina, yeah. suddenly Mbappe for France, you look at him and you say as under 23 players go in the world, yep. nobody ever maybe have been as dominant as him. So the torch is about to get passed from one generation to the next. That much we know. It's what's the narrative of greatness here and who's going to kind of run with it. So quickly, who do you got, Argentina or the powerhouse French? I think France is the better team, but Argentina's semifinal was incredible. And France looks like, to me, Argentina's got to come out and play really physical. 
Like there's got to be a lot of whistles, a lot of fouls, because it just seemed like France got bullied around against Morocco. And if Argentina does that, I think that gives them the best chance to win. I'll tell you what, their manager gets credit. I mean, uh, when they when they oh, lost man. to Saudi Arabia, that could have circled the drain real fast. You know, it, you know what my analogy to that is. You know, in March Madness, when like Duke survived the scare in the first yeah. round or second round from like Southwest Missouri State. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, they go on to you know reach the national championship game or lift the trophy. It almost feels like Saudi Arabia was that for them. The early scare, preliminary play, that may have woken them up a little bit um, in terms of just dialing it up for the tournament. Hey, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. You got it. Have a great weekend, boys. Take care, man. That's Arash Madani, coast to coast from Sportsnet. When we come back, we'll wrap the show up with some odds and ends. We call it Thursday Thoughts. This is the Sports Gates for Spreads.ca on 620. These are gone. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Going to wrap the show up in fine style. Some odds and ends. We call it Thursday Thoughts here on the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca. A new study says vaping doesn't actually help people quit smoking, but it does help other people identify who to avoid at parties. Uh, today is National Regifting Day, which I'm pretty sure was founded by my cheap brother. Um, but to all my coworkers, hope you enjoy the Omicron variant. Hmm. Regifting it for you there. Uh, Britney Spears into a meditation. Did you hear this? No. Well, technically, she got drunk, passed out on a yoga mat, but potato, oh. potato. <laughs> Some people call it being hammered. Some people call it meditation. Now, I saw this article. True story. Ten, uh, ten things women do that men are baffled by. I just picked out a few. Decorative pillows. Why does a bed with two people need eight pillows? I agree. And why does a couch for four also need eight pillows? Like, I don't understand that. Do you? No, and they're all uncomfortable. They have weird, like... Shapes and everything. Yeah, yeah. weird threads, and they're yeah. scratchy, yeah, and they're that's right. pokey. That's right, except for the great couch I got from Father's Furniture. Uh, being mad about something he did in your dream last night. You ever get that? Does, you, does, does Lydia ever get mad at you because you did something in a dream? Yeah, it's happened before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can remember one occasion. Do you get, uh, do you get pimples? Uh yeah. Does she like popping those pimples? Because a lot of women do. They like yeah. to pop your pimples. Yeah, we're a we're a pimple popping family. <laughs> I, I like I like doing it too. We like we uh we like watching the videos. Oh, oh yeah, God. yeah, man, zip popping, <laughs> earwax videos. Earwax, I like. I like yeah, earwax. Earwax, ones. oh, that's satisfying. You, we were gonna candle once here on the show. Uh, sharing the intimate details of your sex life with friends, despite all that locker room. Perception. Men don't do that. Like, you don't talk about your sex life with your wife, but she's probably doing it with her friends. Just think about that. I'm going to have to ask that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, another thing that women do that men are baffled by, this is true, high heels, and it's a two-parter. They're so impractical, I'm amazed they haven't been canceled yet, Mm -hmm. to be honest, but... Also, really impressive that women can walk around all day in them. Yeah, like I did the uh, the charity walk around yep. the park with the red heels there. Yeah. Oh man. Was- yeah, I remember one day, in, uh, I think it was in high school or something. I I took one of my friend's high heels and I walked around high school. Yeah. Wearing them for a full day just yeah. for funsies. That's not fun. It was tough. You get the calluses on yeah, your it feet. It was tough. Uh, women who wear high heels, look at their feet. It's not a pretty sight. Yeah. Uh, make the calves look good though. Oh, yeah. uh, now these are things that I compiled that men do that women don't understand. Okay. Like cry when watching sports movies. 
Oh, yeah. Remember the Titans. You got to cry at that one. Come on. Friday Night Lights. Uh, going to Home Depot just for pleasure. Yeah. That's how I do that. Well, I, uh, used, to, I used to work there, though, so it ruined it for yeah, me. Yeah, you but. did. You did. Yeah, that's right. Uh, another thing that men do that women don't understand, hang testicles from our truck. Oh, yeah. Truck nuts. Truck nuts, yeah. Um, shout, now that's what I'm talking about when your team <laughs> scores a touchdown or a goal. Right? Yeah. Probably do that when the Bucks are playing, right? Oh. When Giannis slams it home. Yeah, my uh, my wife's actually a huge Milwaukee Bucks oh, fan She loves now. it, too. She loves That's her favorite Good. sport. Uh, pick a restaurant based on wing selection. Oh. A lot of men do that. Women don't understand that. Well, they better understand because <laughs> a good chicken wing goes a long it way. It does, for and this meal. is something you and I don't do, but a lot of women don't understand men's fascination and their groups for fantasy football. I don't do it. It ruins the game for me, and I, I don't have the time for it, but a lot of guys do. I know a lot of guys on our trip. In fact, four dudes on our trip from Kincaid, they got together because they were in a fantasy football group. That's how they decided fantasy to Fantasy football this sucks. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, now this is funny. It, ruin, it ruins. It ruins fandom. It does. It really does. Because you don't want. Suppose you got Patrick Mahomes, but he's playing your Chargers. Well, you can't really cheer for the Chargers because you need Mahomes to do well, right? Like, where are we going to be at in twenty years? Yeah, are you going like, to cheer? For there's going to be no fans left of yeah. teams. They're just going to be cheering for players. Are you going to? Is che- that what we want? No. Are you going to cheer for Kirk Cousins over the Packers? No, I'm not. That's funny. God. I love getting you worked up. Can I pop one of your pimples? Yeah. Hey, and check this out. You know, you, hey, would you, you just got to make an effort, honey. Like, you got to show me you love me. Check this out. A husband wrote love notes inside his wife's shoes for six years before she finally noticed it the other day. She posted a video showing a message he wrote on the inside tongue of her feel of sneakers. Quote said, I feel a lot better when you're around. Oh. She said she called him to thank him, and that's when he told her he's been writing notes inside her shoes since they got married six years ago. In the video, she went to the closet, pulled out another pair, and this one said, if your feet get tired, I will carry you. Is Lydia listening to this? <laughs> Is she listening to this? I don't know. Probably go, not. Go home. Wrong answer. You should have said everybody listens to this show. Well, I mean, you with, with Caspi. You should have gone home. You should go home now and write some notes in her shoes and see if she gets it. And see if that helps you. Uh, who's going to, like, who's going to look at, like, who's going to think to, like, flip the tongue over or whatever and look at that? See see how long you can do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try okay, it. Okay. Um, what should I, what should my first note be? Um, order me a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be something romantic. Keep your mouth shut during the game. Yeah, you should say. You know what you should say? You must be tired. You've been running through my mind all day. Oh. Right in her shoes. You know, that reminds me. She From time to time, she sneaks like a little note in my wallet. Like yeah. when I was in the States, yeah. I, w- I went in my wallet, and, yeah. she, and she left me a love note in my wallet. Well, what are you that? doing? She wants to I be with you. I feel bad enough for my... Okay? I know I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm not... You're a, far from perfect. I'm not very good. You're not very good, so get to it. And lastly, I want to mention good crap for Christmas. It's our toilet courtesy of Camp Sebastian and the group at Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling out there in Emerald Park. They gave us the toilet courtesy from Carrie's Moving, moving it around town. All money raised over the uh, last week and going into the first two days of next week. So it's been a two-week process going to the Sophia Women's House. Do we have a lot of money four, raised? 
I don't know exactly the total, but it's picking up steam now. It's our first time doing it here. I did it for 13 years on the Wolf Morning Show. I moved it over here because it was my idea. So we're moving the toilet around town, but Curtis does all the work at Carrie's Moving. If you need to move something, call Curtis, and he'll get it done at Carrie's Moving. does a great job with very affordable rates. But anyway, and Bronco Plumbing and Heating for all your plumbing needs. But the toilet has made the rounds. It's a rebellion. And then it went to Blue Core Barbers, and it's going to be there and be uh, picked up and uh, moved around town next week. It's going to Cardiff Collision. If you'd like the toilet, text us 936-6262, or you can email me, mball at harvardmedia.com. All the money goes to Sophia House Women's Shelter for necessities and Christmas presents for the women and children uh, fleeing domestic violence. We'll talk some World Cup soccer with Kevin Holness tomorrow and much, much more on the sports cage to wrap up the show for the week. This has been the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. Today's Sports Cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.